Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. Long division sure comes in handy. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. Just say no to family values. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Poetic. I'm one of your hosts today, Pamela Bentley. And I'm your other host, Kevin Spenced. And our guest today is Kara Lee McDonald. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about where you're in town from and some other stuff, but we'll get you to start with the poem. Okay. Um, so this is a poem from my book, Eating Matters. Um, it doesn't have a title because they're all, it's kind of a long poem. If you want to master the art of bulimia... The internet is a guidebook, and you're doing everything wrong. Number one, don't crouch. Standing works better. It's a mistake to underestimate the importance of gravity. Number two, consider what you choose to binge. Not all foods are created equal. Soup before salad, ice cream before cookies, cereal before bread. Number three, Take advantage of water, enamel protector, dehydration preventer, painless slide. Number four, thinspiration works. The desire for food lessens when you eat naked in front of a mirror. Another side, full stomachs in empty bodies. Worlds changed incrementally. A shift before steps can be taken to address the problem. Advice columns, motivational imagery, a static message. You must change. The decision is yours and the outcome the same. You were talking about, before we went on air, we were just talking about what we were going to talk about on air. Mm -hmm. And you said you were a little concerned about some of the subject matter. And so this book is about eating disorders. Is that that one of the things it's about or is the... It's specifically about eating disorders. Yeah, my experience with bulimia. And what is the name of that book? It's called Eating Matters. And it's published by Caitlin Press, correct? By Caitlin Press, yeah. Yeah. It came out in October 2016. Congratulations. Thank you. Beautiful-looking book. It's pretty cool. I designed the cover. Nice. Oh, and could you describe the cover? It's just a yellow book, but it's got a chocolate chip cookie in the center. Because chocolate chip cookies were always one of my favorite binge foods, so they had lots of, like, significance to me. And yeah, and we went back and forth, back and forth, cover stuff, and... And she's like, why don't you just try to make one? And I said, okay. And I did. And she loved it. Said nice. yes. So That's great. It's nice. pretty exciting. Yeah. yeah, that is very exciting. So you said at the very beginning of that piece that the internet is a guidebook. A, right? a guidebook. Yeah. yeah. But then that poem is also a guidebook. I know. And you know, I struggled writing it specifically kind of for that reason, because I didn't want to just like give a bunch of people, you know, this is the best way to be bulimic, how to be a good bulimic. But I mean, it is kind of like that, but that's why, I mean, the second part, right, sort of tries to to deconstruct that or undo it. 
And I, I suppose there are lots of people with lots of advice in the realm of this topic. Oh, and yeah. that poem sort of deals with that framing of the subject. Like, here's a one, two, three guide, or here's a one, two, three, four, five. This is how you do it, or how you don't. Yeah, well, they're pro, pro Mia and pro Anna websites are everywhere, right? That's what they're called pro Mia or pro Anna. Like oh. Mia, bulimia. But like a name, right? And oh, okay. anorexia, Anna. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're everywhere. But I mean, even like I encountered, and actually there's a, a really short little thing in here um, where Yoga Magazine, which is a fairly like successful publication, was teaching girls how to purge and basically saying that that the purpose of it would be that it would strengthen your vagina and make you a more desirable sexual partner. Oh, wow. True and, story because of the muscles or whatever. Oh my gosh. And I don't part know. of me hopes that this is an article from issue like number one in 1892. Oh no, I thought it was like 2014 oh, or something. God. Yeah, and when you say, you know, when you say that there's advice yeah. out there, right? You think about advice. Well, it would be advice on how to heal from this or advice on how to mm-hmm. avoid becoming blue. But I, I know about the ProMia and ProAna sites because I was shocked when I first heard about them when I was a high school teacher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that's were... where I started, right? I was like, oh, how can I be better at this? Yeah. And you find some stuff. It's pretty horrific. I mean, yeah. So you, this is your, is this your first book of poetry that you've had published? It is, yeah. It's actually kind of my first uh foray into writing creatively at all but yeah so when you started writing it was around this topic like when you started writing yeah yeah I was going to uh I was going to therapy like a specific eating disorder therapy and she had kind of she encouraged me to journal and um I had been kind of spending some time with some local poets and they encouraged me to to write poetry instead so I started writing poetry just as a way to kind of deal with some of it and I wrote a book so so, have you been called the Anne Sexton of Prince George? <laughs> I wish. Now I have. So that brings up I'll that quote you, you on that. <laughs> so that brings up that you are in town from Prince George. Yeah, Prince George, BC. And so when you, you say some local poets, you're like, what's the poetry scene like up there? I mean, they hear sometimes we have like two choices a night, right? Which is why we never run out of guests for Wax Poetic. But yeah, I um, uh, obviously, it's a smaller town, but. Um, Prince George actually has a pretty strong writing community, and it's pretty, um, like, accepting and pretty welcoming, and it's great. Uh, Rob Buddy was the the sort of the person who had encouraged me to sort of start, and he helped me edit it, actually, in an unofficial capacity. He didn't get paid for it, but... Were there lots of reading, or are there lots of reading opportunities in Prince George? Um, you know... There used to be, and then they're, they're kind of, there was this sort of this rift, they call it the Poetry War, the PG Poetry War, mm. which I don't really want to get into, and I'm not on any side of this. Oh, but, you said uh, PG, I thought you meant like Adult and X. Oh, no, like versus, Prince George, like, Prince George Poetry Disney, War. Uh, Disney safe. Uh. But so it kind of killed it, and actually me and um, some other sort of younger emerging writers have been trying to kind of amp it up again, and so we've been hosting some readings and stuff recently. Cool. Has been good. Good turnouts. Are there any weekly um, ongoing ones that you want to tell people about? So if they're listening on the internet in Prince George, they know where to go. We do have a a monthly um, sort of wordplay thing at Books and Company, which is a a local uh, coffee shop bookstore there. That's really great. And yeah, we do a monthly sort of just an open mic. 
Um, I hosted it just last last Thursday, I think, mm-hmm. and, and it went really well. And yeah, and it goes every every month. And actually, if people don't start gumming regularly, they're going to cancel it. So, well, this is good to so do. So I've been like pumping little, it up. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening anywhere within driving distance of Prince George on which night of the week? On Thursdays. On Thursdays. Yeah. So where should they check to find out what time in the month it is? So on they Books can... and Company's Facebook page, right, they always go. make an event. So. And there you a, go. It's a nice bookstore. I it's really, a beautiful a, bookstore. Actually. I've seen the Prince George two, three times. Yeah. And um, it, it, to be honest, there are aspects of Prince George that are a little bit kind of raw and interesting. Yes, but stepping into that bookstore, you're just like, oh wow, it's it's so warm, it's so inviting. I read it. <laughs> I read it. Books and Company, but uninvited. I just stood up and started reading. That's great. Um, no, we're and people all, liked it. Welcome. They didn't throw me out. I, I imagine they didn't. Sign. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's hear another poem. Okay. Then we can get more of a sense of this whole book as a as a whole thing and talk about it more. Maybe I'll read. I was talking about how when I wrote the book, it was as a result of therapy. And there's actually kind of a whole section in the book that's about my therapy sessions. Um, I'll read one of them. It's a little bit longer, I guess, but not super long. She puts you in a room the size of a large closet. It's crowded hot, packed with plastic chairs, plastic tables, the kinds of paintings they hang in cheap hotel rooms and sometimes even the expensive ones. A two-way mirror is all you see. She shows you the room behind the mirror, lets you know the names of the people who will watch. It's impossible not to feel like a criminal. You take a seat. She offers coffee, You decline, though you're very thirsty. She asks you questions. What did you eat yesterday? How often do you participate in self-destructive behavior? Do you ever chew food, then spit it out just to taste it? She calls you brave, says it's hard to admit a problem. Getting help is the first step. But you aren't listening. Unfamiliar eyes are behind your reflection, judging the way you grasp the armrest, shuffle your feet uncomfortably, wondering if they can discern the pimple that crept onto your forehead the night before or if they're too far away, if they notice how often you arrange and rearrange your hair and bra and smile, if they can tell you are lying when you say you have been learning how to suppress the urge. If they are talking about you, analyzing your wardrobe choice and linking your cleavage to a history of promiscuity. You stare intently at that image of yourself. Try to see through the glass and the people watching you. So it's a different kind of staring at the glass Mm -hmm. than from the first poem. Yes. Yeah, and mirrors, you know... um, Mirrors come up in the book a lot. Mm-hmm. That's not why I was thinking that, yeah, that it might be a... Can you say more about that? Uh, well, it's a recurring motif, right? Because, I mean, you kind of have an obsession with mirrors. Hmm. Um, because you're constantly sort of dissecting yourself, right? Analyzing mm-hmm. yourself, pulling yourself apart. And mirrors are sort of one big tool for that right mirror and the scale or like your two your two best friends and also your two like biggest enemies besides yourself of course i like the i i mean i i'm going to use the term flatness in a 
flattering, positive way. I love how that poem kind of has this static wall of questions, in a sense. And it's it's beautiful in terms of those questions that keep coming, coming, coming. And oh, we and get that, really that do. wall or, yeah, this big wall of attention that seems to exist in, in front of the, the person who's kind of... Yeah, and kind of just couch. sort of, you know... Um, I don't know. It envelops you in sort of a way that's really overwhelming. Yeah, those situations are not great. And actually, I just recently started going to therapy again. And so I had my second uh, my second time being in that room, the same room with the two-way mirror. And you know that there's like 10 people behind the mirror because there's this team to help you. And mm. they just they ask you questions for, I don't know, God, it's like two hours. And so I wanted to kind of try to mimic how uncomfortable that was, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did they know you were lying? Because you asked that question, do they know I'm like? Because then you ask questions back, right? Yeah, so, that's true. Um, I'm just curious. She did, actually. Like, the second time I came back, she said that she knew that I wasn't honest with her the first time. Though yeah. It's hard not to lie, though, because you feel ashamed of things, even though you're there to get help, right? But it's still a little bit shameful or something. And yeah, so you kind of you try to frame things in a way or have sort of a sense of control over it when the entire thing is that you don't have any control, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, and truth is always complex. It's not, you know, you can ask a straightforward question and the answer, you know, that they want is a straightforward answer, but you could write a whole book about it, obviously. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> so, you know, like you're not going to answer that. Yeah. And can you just show up the next session and just give them a book? Instead of <laughs> no doubt, it? hey. <laughs> I know. Like, I have all the answers here. <laughs> Save us all some time. <laughs> um, do you want to read us another one of those answers? And I'll just say that our guest today is Kara McDonald. She's in um, studio with her book called, so your book name again. Eating Matters. Eating Matters. You are listening to Wax Wetic on Vancouver Co-op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM. Okay, well, this is another one that's kind of related to the therapy sessions. It's it's much shorter. Um, I always think, I, I think this one is kind of funny, but it, it's not funny, but... Anyways, I'll just read it. You can see what you think. Um, At my last session, I learned about an eating disorder index and found that, according to it, I'm depressingly average. I was hoping to score higher, that my disease would be classified as more serious, would set me apart from the sea of women whose collective experience is constantly undermining my sense of individual suffering. What good is bulimia if it doesn't get me the attention I crave? That sounds to me like the uh, pro-Anna and pro-Mia idea. Oh, right? definitely, yeah. yeah. Like you want to be, you don't want to be like everyone else. You don't want to be like, how do you be the best? Yeah, anorexic? the best bulimic. Be the, yeah. yeah, like how can I be better at having an eating disorder? You've got to get more attention. You've got to make it worse somehow. I definitely hear the dark humor in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's lots of that all kind of throughout, right? But but of course, dark humor has that sort of sadness and pain in it too, right? Like it's, you know, it's like tough to listen to. Mm-hmm. Are you going to write another book? I actually have been working on another book, yeah. It's called Rage, a collection of ugly poetry. And it does away with, like, all poeticism and it's just, like, very angry. And <laughs> basically kind of like an F you to, like, lots of men and yeah. all kinds of things. Love it. Have you read Sheila Hetty's um, How Should a Person Be? No. Should I? Yes, you should. Um, because, in part, the book deals with... Um, 
Well, the main character, Sheila Hetty, mm-hmm. is, she records conversations that her friends are having and she just transcribes everything. And her friends are artists and they're trying to make the ugliest work of art. Oh, nice. And so the book, as a work of art, also kind of looks at this. And it's a big F you to a lot of um, male poets as well. Awesome. So it's, I think it would be a nice accompaniment. I'd love to, to read book. it. Or read it. And Thank you for the recommendation. Kind of around it. Yeah. I've noticed that from what you just described that you're writing now, I mean, it, that sounds like the sort of thing that you might hear at spoken word, open mics, or or slam poetry um, competitions. And I have been to three in the last two weeks where I was struck by the number of poems by women poets during the open mic. And in the case of Van Slam, a recent feature, Vanessa McGowan, who spoke a lot about body stuff, right? And uh, she did a poem about from the past and she talked about now having padding and feeling she just described a lot about body and I I, I was in the Seattle at the Seattle Slam recently and also I was struck by again on the open mic and you used to hear poems like that every once in a while on open mics and at slams but they seem to be more and more and I know that there's the movement, this body is not an apology. I don't know if you know yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's also the, you know, the fat acceptance and the and uh, disability acceptance, all the things like all our bodies are different. And it's all a reaction against how we're told our bodies are to be. And like you were talking, like using mirrors in the scale to dissect yourself and, and sort of pushing back against that in a lot of different ways. And one of the first steps is that is to describe what it is like to be in it and then to start pushing back, right? I think it's that first... Um, so yeah. there's not really a question in there, but I just, I was really, it, it got me thinking about that as you were talking. So I wanted to. Well, yeah, and it seems like that it's something in general that people are talking about more, right? And I think that's a really positive thing. That's really great. I mean, I think maybe before there was more fear surrounding it, or like I said, like a lot of, like a culture of shame, right? And now there's a lot of pushback against that and pushback just kind of against the patriarchy. And, and it's great. Like, I love it. I see it all over the place in Prince George. The last kind of the last actually uh, wordplay open mic night, um, like half of the the female po- or half of the poets were female, and maybe more than that, three quarters, and and all of them were kind of writing these really strong sort of, and it kind of had that spoken word vibe, you know, and and really just kind of fighting back against that, a lot of pushback, a lot of resistance, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I mean, given sort of the political climate right now resistance is a good thing for sure so that might be the silver lining in all this that we all learn how to push back harder than we ever have before and we learn how to be resilient in the face of devastating news on a daily basis Mm -hmm. yeah are you happy with how the book has been received have you had uh, a number of opportunities i'm surprised by the book has how venues it's been really well received Mm -hmm. like a lot of really positive feedback i've gotten lots of yeah, it's just it's gotten much more attention than I ever expected. And I mean, the coolest thing is that it's like touched various women who have approached me or like even this one woman who is, I think, from Nova Scotia or Newfoundland, uh, picked up the book in a local bookstore. I don't know how that hell it ended up there, but she picks it up and she finds me on Facebook, like Facebook stalks me and sends me this like beautiful letter about like how, I don't know, about how she really connected with it. And meanwhile, I've been spending time with this um, this 17-year-old girl who came to my Prince George book launch, and we go for coffee and stuff now, and I'm helping her write stuff, and like she's also suffered from eating disorder, and she reached out to me, and I've kind of become like, 
I don't know, like a little bit of like a big sister role or something. And it's, it's really great. That part of it is really cool and really positive and makes me kind of, I don't know. Sometimes you feel like giving up and like something like this, like an eating disorder or any kind of mental health problems, right? I mean, it's easy to kind of just go, oh, well, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like, it's too tough. I just, I'm I'm done with it. I'm tired. But things like that kind of give you like a new sense of purpose or or a responsibility, right? And Mm so, I don't know. I've had an opportunity, I think, to maybe give some other people a voice, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. Hmm. Nice. Can we hear another poem? Sure. Um, This is one, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit more lighthearted. I call it my cum poem. It's my title for it. So you had mentioned that some of your material is going to be fairly adult. And so this would be one of those poems. Yeah. This okay. one is a little bit more From adult. that title. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Even cum has calories. Are you sure you want pie? It's called eating moderately. Nothing tastes as good as skinny feels. A disjunctive enterprise. When yes means more, more. When no means yes, more, more. The withness of the body. Did you hear that Kafka was anorexic? Exercise becomes its own disorder. Bulimia rhymes with orange skin from too many carrots. An office filled with women. Are men allowed to get help too? Just don't do it. To be looked atness. Strength is not relevant. 10% of those diagnosed die within 10 years. Hungry, hungry hippo takes on a new meaning. Size is not an indicator. Impulsivity is an indicator. An empty bank account is an indicator. Narcissism is a charming quality. Fat is not a feeling. Ashamed of what and naked before whom. This will be the last time. Emesis as nemesis. Failure is inevitable. Have you been working out? If you don't eat, you die. Time blends. We turn skeletons into goddesses. Objects in mirror are smaller than they appear. Pot gives you the munchies. No ontology, no psychoanalysis. Cooking as a source of pleasure. I can't eat that. Beauty is pain. Dentists are the first to know. You never recover. Westernization increases the risk. Nothing I'd read prepared me for a body this unfair. Structured meals are all numbers. Bones walk out of a clinic. Ice cream therapy. Are eating disorders a contemporary phenomenon? She can have a tummy and still look yummy. Unhealthy solidarity. 
You can never be too thin. Chewing burns calories. Bulimia means ravenous hunger, ox hunger. All societies end up wearing masks. Acetic deprivation. The punchline is the bulimics ate the anorexics. Wow. I really appreciate your reading. I think you have an amazing voice for the poems themselves. It's Thank just you. offered up. The facts are offered up straight straight away. Pretty and, much, um, yeah. There's very little artifice of like, whoa, here's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's just here it is. And that poem just really makes me think of a form poem somehow, even though there's no ostensible form to it. It's not a pantoum or a villanelle, mm-hmm. but there's the obsessiveness of the form that just comes, that returns. Yeah, to it's kind of, it has a rhythm that, are, that kind of goes back again yeah. and again and again. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yeah. I mean, it's my first time really writing poetry, right? Am I the most sophisticated poet? Probably not. Do I write, you know, elaborate metaphors? Maybe not. But do I tell it like it is? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's where the power in it lies mm-hmm. more than anything else, for sure. Were those were all those lines in, the, in that rhythm and just kind of with the space in between, were all those lines found lines or overheard uh, lines or thoughts that go through your head or some of them are my thoughts some of them are conversations i've had with people like especially the things like are you sure you want pie just mm. don't do it those are the advice that people give you right it's useful um <laughs> some of them are you know like all societies end up wearing masks i think is baudrillard Um, So there are some quotations in there for sure. Some of it is stolen stuff. Lots of it's stuff I overheard. And then, yeah, other things are just sort of thoughts that went through my head, just kind of random. I wasn't surprised by this, but I was struck by it. The westernization increases the risk. Mm -hmm. So this is like a westernized disease. Does it occur in other places or is it just a higher incident? Interestingly enough, yeah, I mean... Statistically speaking, in uh, developed countries and, and North America specifically, it's it's significantly higher than in in other populations. Um, but it also could just be that they're not talking about it. I'm not sure, uh, mm-hmm. but I think kind of our standard of body is different, right? Though that has kind of permeated into into other cultures as well in recent years, mm-hmm. which is too bad. With such mixed messages of, you know, here's the buffet, here's everything you can have with such a big... I think of Donato Mancini's book, Buffet World. Oh my gosh, Which is just this deluge of messages of, you can have it all, and then at the same time, here's the perfect body. Like, that must really... Of course, Well, especially, yeah, I mean, my master's thesis actually was kind of on that, where I talked about... I looked at uh, Gossip Girl, that kind of... uh, It's a trashy young Mm -hmm, adult novel. mm -hmm. And looked at sort of the the uh, well this this disjunction between having to eat food to display a certain cultural cachet, right? A taste culture, and then one of the main characters is bulimic because I mean she'll go to these buffets or these fancy events, eat all this food to show that she understands what creme brulee is, and then go to the bathroom and throw it all up, right? It's kind of like 
Mm-hmm. You can't win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I did a project on uh, Sweet Valley High when I was in grad school. Oh, really? Yeah, it's popular fiction. So nice. where I went and surveyed like people who read, like girls, uh, young young women, and some men. Some I boys, loved some Sweet boys. Valley High when I was like ten years old. Yeah, so I read I all of pop- those. Yeah, it was on popular fiction, starting with chapbooks and going forward to you know like Sweet Valley High type things. Awesome. So yeah, you can learn a lot about culture and well, the yeah. things that underpin it by it's, looking it's at kind that of stuff. something that tells it like it is too right yeah. like all yeah. the morals are gone like that's the thing that's interesting mm-hmm. about these books is usually like a building's roman or young adult stuff it's like harry potter learns that money isn't important and right. that this is important right. and then these girls are like no all that matters is money and success and it holds through the whole thing yeah and it's a more realistic representation of society than I think. Well, then it also becomes part of that reinforcement of it as well, right? True. Of course. Yeah. They're little guidebooks as well. Yeah. And yeah, that's true. And there's a morality involved with that, right? Because it's like what you were talking about, there's these buffets, there's all this stuff you can consume, but you have to have the self-control not to. And if you don't, then you become loose and, and Mm -hmm. like out of control and, and like taking up space and yeah, uh, yeah and a failure right yeah a failure like there's that morality exactly that totally a judgment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you said you've been talking about the book a lot i have what's been your talking least about favorite the book a lot. what's your least favorite question that's and that people keep asking and hopefully it wasn't one of the ones we asked you is the most the, the question i find the most boring to kind of talk about personally probably just because i've talked about it a lot is like why did you write the book how did the book come to be? And then everybody kind of just starts talking about your eating disorder and just asks more and more questions about that. And I'm like, well, if I wanted to have a therapy session, right. like I'd go talk to my counselor. Right. And we also don't want to be a guidebook. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there you go. So yeah, like talking about how it came to be and when did it start and when did yeah. you start having eating disorder thoughts and when you were 10 years old, did you feel this right. way? What about when you were 14? What about when you were 16? And it's like, it doesn't really matter. Right. Right. Yeah. Is there a question you haven't been asked that you wish, and yeah. you're just waiting for, and could you tell us the question, then we'll ask it to you. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no. You get to be on the other side of that yeah, two-way mirror. That's a hard one, hey? I've had lots of opportunities to talk about the book and I think to talk about why I think it's important and, and I feel really grateful for that. And, and no, I've, I feel like I'm all talked out. Like mm. after I go home from Vancouver, I don't want to talk about this book anymore. I'm going to talk about my next book, right? Thank you very much, Kara McDonald, for being our guest today on Wax Poetic. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was yeah. fun. Go look up events. Go see some poetry in Prince George or in Vancouver. I'm Pam Bentley. I'm Kevin Spenced. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what? So what?